This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome to GTC. Whether you're listening to iHeartRadio, TSN Mobile App, TSN 1050 in Toronto, if you're listening to Edmonton, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino and Scully with you. Bob actually not with us this week. Weeksy on his way to the Players' Championship where he will meet yours truly. And we will be there on location all week. Bob working for TSN and TSN.ca and Yours truly, part of the play-by-play radio team coverage. And because of that, we get to do Golf Talk Canada on location from the Players' Championship this week for television. So really looking forward to that. So, Scully, it's a big week. You know, we've had an amazing story in golf already this year. If you think about what transpired back in Hawaii with the record performances and then Joaquin Neiman at the Genesis... I mean, the Arnold Palmer this week was just insane. The, the, the Florida swing has turned into the hardest golf on the planet. Another stealth win uh, with Scotty Scheffler this week. But I mean, with all due respect to everything that has transpired so far, this week's different. It's just bigger. It's more important. It, it kind of almost feels like the start in a way. Yeah, it certainly does ever since they made that schedule change, moving the Players' Championship back to March from its uh, May date a couple of years ago. It's really changed the schedule. And like you mentioned, the last two weeks on the PGA Tour, the Florida Swing, you could almost call it the U.S. Open Swing, if you will. (laughs) I mean, this past week to have the the first-round leader, Rory McIlroy, was 7 under par after 18 holes, and the winning score after 72 holes was 5 under par. Pretty hard to believe. You were there on location, Mark. I, I know we'll talk all about the setup today. It, it, from watching on TV, it looked very hard. Well, yeah, and, you know, I was tweeting out pictures on Wednesday when I got on property of, of just some of the rough. And I was like, like look at this rough. And you could tell right away. And the players were talking about it immediately. Zach Johnson called it a a first shot golf course. Like how often do you hear that unless we're at a U.S. Open? I mean, we heard it a couple of years ago at um, BMW Championship where like, you know, four or five under one as well there. And this is not a an abnormal thing for the Arnold Palmer. You know, T- Terrell Hatton won in 2020 at four under, you know, five under one this week. And I'm starting to think, and you know, we'll get into this a bit today, and of course we'll take a deep dive into the Arnold Palmer actually coming up in our next segment because I, I was with Scotty Scheffler for every shot he hit yesterday uh, on his way to victory, as well as Victor Hovland, which is kind of a bit of another story. Um, <laughs> but who would ever thought, you know, in the late 80s, when the players were calling the Players' Championship course, the, the stadium course in Sawgrass, too difficult, unfair, uh, unforgiving. And now we fast forward to 2022, and the Players' Championship is the most fair and friendly setup that the players will see for the entire West, uh, excuse me, for the entire Florida Swing, Adam. We had a single-digit victory in Honda. We had a single-digit victory at Arnold Palmer. And we're likely going to have a winner of between 8-under and 12-under over at Valspar, 
Who could have ever saw this coming? Yeah, you know, I am curious, though, uh, looking at the forecast for this week, it doesn't look great at the Players' Championship. Lots of rain, and then the weekend looks like it's going to be about 55 Fahrenheit with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. I'm not sure what kind of scores we're going to see here, Mark. We might see some lower scores given the soft conditions Thursday, Friday, but once the weekend comes, I don't know. I think we might see another single-digit winning score. You know, it's good. It's funny you bring that up, Adam, because that's the only thing that's going to pull this thing back. We'll get into it a bit uh, today. But I mean, if the weather we're getting, I've been in Florida since February 13th. It's been between 75 and 85 degrees Fahrenheit every day, and there's not been a cloud in the sky. And now Players Week. I mean, this is going to be brutal. If we had had this weather, the players' weather coming this week, if we had had it this week at the Arnold Palmer, five or six over would have won this golf tournament. So it's uh, unbelievable. Okay, we got a ton to get to today. We better get going. We're going to take a look at the Canadians in the field at the Players' Championship. We'll do Winners Weird and What? Tiger going into the Hall of Fame. We put out a Twitter poll for best short par three in golf. So much to get to, but let's kick it off with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, Adam, it's golf's greatest field. It's golf's greatest stadium course. It's the Players' Championship. And with all due respect to the majors that are all special for certain reasons, the Masters has a small field that allows in a lot of past champions, which kind of eliminates about 20, 30 people from really even participating uh, in the event in any kind of uh, focus to win uh, the U.S. Open and Open Championships. There's opens. They're open for a reason. They're called open. So you get qualifiers that kind of skew the field in a certain sense. And then the PGA of America allows in uh, about a dozen or so uh, PGA club professionals from around the country that have qualified through PGA sectionals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So thus. The Players' Championship, this is why it is the strongest field of the year. The best players in the world are all playing this week, pretty much all of them. However, two big names missing, Adam. Phil Mickelson, no surprise there. We've articulated that over the last month or so. But you and I got a surprise yesterday when Bryson DeChambeau has withdrawn uh, Bob was talking about it last week. He said, hey, I wonder if this week was the players and next week was the Arnold Palmer, if he would have played or not. We thought he withdrew from the Arnold Palmer to make sure that he was good to go for the players. But maybe, Adam, this injury, in injury a little bit more serious than we originally anticipated. You know, and as we discussed on Golf Talk Canada television last week, Whenever he does come back, are we going to see a different Bryson? Is the incredible bulk starting to break down? Now, he did uh, comment to Golf Week, I believe, where he said big things are coming. You know Bryson. He likes to tease things all the time. So who on earth knows when he'll be back? Will it be Augusta National? It, it's really hard to tell. I mean, Bryson said last week he was about 90%. So I wonder if there was a setback involved in the training. It's really hard to tell with Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, and I, it's, I love what you said there. Big things are coming on the tees because, you know, that leads us to our next headline, which is that Tiger Woods won the first ever inaugural player impact program. So Tiger, this is for, this is, uh, for, for anyone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about. This was a bonus pool of money that the PGA Tour uh, announced for last season. And it was for players who moved the needle on social media, that brought eyeballs to the game, that raised attention. So no surprise that Tiger's on top of the food chain. He doesn't even need to play golf 
to be the guy that stirs uh, the drink, you know, even more. So Tiger gets eight million. Phil Mickelson finishes second in six million. Adam, the exchange on social media. We'll, we'll get to that. I want your opinion on that because that was hilarious. But then it goes from there. Rory at three point five. Jordan at three point five. Bryson DeChambeau at three point five. Justin Thomas three point five. These are millions. DJ Kepka, <laughs> Rom, and Bubba Watson rounding out the top ten at three million. DeChambeau doesn't surprise me. Jordan does a bit. Uh, I mean, there are su- surprises here. Any surprises for you in this top ten? I thought Max Homa might make an appearance. I thought Kepka might be higher because of him and DeChambeau and what went on for for around the PGA Championship, etc. Uh, any surprises? And what did you think about the social media exchange with Phil announcing he was going to win and Tiger squashing him? Yeah, in terms of surprises, people have said Bubba Watson could be a surprise, but he was actually one of the first people way back in the day to use Twitter, to use TikTok, and, and really get his brand and his name and his personality out there. I'm not surprised to see Bubba where he is. Maybe Dustin Johnson, John Rom, they're not really that active uh, on social media. Max Holm was one of the great follows. Uh, on social media, which I'll get to in my winners, weird and what, but you mentioned that the Tiger Phil exchange. Now, people have, <laughs> have always said behind closed doors that Tiger, he, he's a jokester. He likes to prank people. He likes to give, as he says, give people the needle. And you wonder if this was him actually controlling his own Twitter account. We'll never really know, I guess, with that tweet. Uh, uh, using a screenshot of Phil Mickelson's original tweet when he thought he won with this with the caption "Oops" with a bit of an emoji too. So I, I love the dunk <laughs> that Tiger put on Phil for that. What did you think of that exchange? Oh, I was just laughing. I thought it was great. I think Phil needs this. I think Phil needs desperately some kind of lighthearted uh, contact with uh, with his fellow contemporaries, and including Tiger, because his just PR image is in the toilet right now. So, I think uh, I thought Tiger's response was great. Um, and speaking of that, I don't know if you saw Rory McIlroy's comments this week, because Rory has been very blunt to, about what Phil said and whatnot. But Rory is also kind of spot on. He says, "Hey, people are allowed to make mistakes. We're all going to make them and we're allowed to ask for forgiveness and, and time does a lot of healing." So we'll see where this shakes out and we'll see if Mickelson shows up at Augusta. That is the logical location of whether he decides to to uh, show his face and play golf again uh, on a on what is the biggest stage of the year at Augusta National, but also the most contained environment of the year. Okay? Uh Brooke, nice showing. Looked like she might have had a chance to win on the LPGA Tour, but come on, Jin Young Ko. I mean, this run right now she's on. What are we at? 15, I think 15 rounds in a row in the 60s, Adam? 15 straight rounds in the 60s for Jin Young Ko. 30 straight subpar rounds for Jin Young Ko. Take a look at her last 10 starts. Win, win, sixth, win, win, second, sixth, win, 60th, win. This is an absolute heater that Jin Young Ko is on. A lot of fun to see. You mentioned Brooke Henderson as well. Showing really good signs right now. Four starts right now on the LPGA Tour. Her worst finish is a T11. Uh, We've talked about how she has the tailor-made golf ball. She's using the glove as well. So far, helping the putting. Uh, She is seventh on the LPGA Tour in putts per greens and regulation. Some signs of good things to come for Brooke Henderson. I think this is going to be a big year for Brooke, but Jin Young Ko is on an absolute tear right now. 
I think uh, pretty easy to say that Jin Young Ko is, if we include every tour on the planet at the moment, that she is the most dominant player of her tour or of uh, individuals tour right now on the planet, hands down, Skulls. Totally. Yeah, totally agree. And I mean, to go on the run, she's been going on 15 straight rounds in the 60s. Patrick Cantley had a, a run going where he was subpar. I believe it was 19 straight rounds. But to be 15 straight rounds in the 60s, 30 straight rounds under par. You, you think professional golfers at some point you're going to have a round off. I remember when she won the CP Women's Open uh, back in 2018. She went 100 straight holes without a bogey on the LPGA Tour. So she is That's a lot That's incredible. To you know, yeah. the bogey run, to me, is more impressive. And I'll tell you why, just quickly before we go to break. The bogey run that you mentioned, to me, is more impressive because week in and week out, the LPGA setup is not as difficult as what we're seeing at the Arnold Palmer or the Honda Classic, where around a 75 is quite common. That is not quite common in most LPGA setups. But bogeys are everywhere at all times. Weather conditions, just regular, like, you can go out and play around the corner at the setup at your local muni and a golf professional is going to make a bogey. So to, 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 to just put the stamp on her run to me, that's the one that it was just mind boggling, mind bogglingly impressive. And now just the way her finishes in her last 10 starts. I mean, these are tiger like uh, yeah. percentages, just absolutely amazing. Okay. Our one, we're going to talk best short par three in tournament golf because we put out a Twitter poll. We'll get to those results. We'll talk about that. We'll also do over par, under par with players coming out of the Arnold Palmer heading into the week of the players. We'll get you caught up on 20 weeks of TaylorMade in our big TV week, hour two. Tiger going into the Hall of Fame next week. Talk about some of Tiger's greatest moments, greatest performances. Talk about five Canadians and their chances at the Players' Championship. Why not a Canadian at the Players' Championship? Winners, weird and what? Leaderboards from the world of golf. So much to get to. On the other side, Scotty Scheffler. His second win in just a handful of weeks. We'll talk Arnold Palmer next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade. And the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to GTC's Aquino Scully with you today. All right, Arnold Palmer Invitational went. I showed up at Bay Hill and a U.S. Open broke out. I mean, the conditions were extreme. The rough was off the charts, super thick, and it was consistent, tee to green. Some weeks on the PGA Tour, they do try to push back a little bit with the rough, but when you get around greenside, they, they tend to uh, navigate it a little further down, uh, give the players a few more options. That was not the case here at the Arnold Palmer. The greens were rock hard. Uh, they just firmed up as the week went on. They got shiny. They got yellow. We got a five under par winning score here. Scotty Scheffler with his second win, Adam, in a few weeks. And uh, maybe the floodgates are off, so to speak, for a guy who finally gets the win. Because we've been waiting for a while for Scotty, and then it happened. But uh, I got to go. Before we talk about the setup in the tournament, what about the pars at 15 and 16? 
I almost got to think like Arnold Palmer was looking down and winking at Scotty Scheffler because Arnie went for everything. He was go for broke 24-7. He tried to pull off a heroic hero shot on 15. I thought he got burnt. Instead, he pulls off the par. Similar situation on 16. Those might be the two best pars back-to-back we see all year. Totally. I mean, you, you talk about the shot on 15 where he's trying to smother hook like, what, 25 yards and roll a shot onto the green under under another tree in pine mm-hmm. straw. The ball barely gets off the ground. And, you know, you're thinking bogey, double bogey, certainly in play. He hits this shot from the rough. And we talked about how difficult the rough was, at least four inches start of the week, probably closer to six or seven by Sunday. This ball gets a good bounce, rolls onto the green, and he pours in, what, a 22-footer? That par was unbelievable. Then he gets to 16. He gets a bad break off the tee there mm-hmm. where the ball is, he's standing in the bunker. He's almost Looks waist like high. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like T-ball. And he, again, doesn't get it out of the rough. Then he has to lay up again and then hit that shot to six feet. A great wedge shot makes the putt. Of those two pars, though, those were great. The shot on 18 was also very good. He must have got a pretty good lie you know, because Gary Woodland, about 20 minutes earlier, was further left and could barely get it to the you know, 50 yards short of the pin. What did you think, Mark? Well, we had nothing but black dots there, to your point, Adam. I was talking to Earl in my headset, who you know, is, our, is our radio host, and it was basically like almost nobody all day has made par from over there. But I basically stood right on top of Scotty's golf ball and I went, this one's clean. Like for, 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 for Arnold Palmer, it's fairly clean. He could, he had a clean look at the back of the golf ball. And if you give a, a PGA Tour pro a clean look at the back of the golf ball, they can hit shots that the rest of us aren't going to see. I never thought he was going to go for the hole. That was never in question, but I immediately said, I think you can play to the left side of the green. And get putter in his hand. And that's exactly what transpired. It was an incredible Sunday. I had the opportunity to walk with Scotty uh, for all 18 holes, calling his shots. And all the players after 18 holes were completely exhausted, including Scotty Scheffler. I followed him over to the range, uh, waiting to find out were we headed to a playoff uh, or was he a winner. As soon as he was announced a winner, I had the opportunity to talk to Scotty Scheffler after his second win in only a few weeks. Let's, uh, let's that, run that audio uh, with Scotty Scheffler immediately following his second PGA Tour victory last night. Scotty, unbelievable performance. Gutsy on the back nine. I mean, pars at 15 and 16 was gut check time. Yeah, I would say the pars at 17 and 18 were gut check time too. Was, <laughs> I mean, the, the finishing stretch here is so brutal. Um, you know, 15, 17, 18 are such hard holes. And um, I know it was going to be tough coming down the stretch, but, you know, I just kind of hung in there all day. I saw you hug a lady behind there. Was that your grandma you were hugging? Yeah, my, my grandma's here, both my parents, and then my wife. So I met your dad earlier today. He's walking around here with a glow. In the media, we talk about, hey, maybe this wind gets the lid off. Maybe we're right with you. That's part one. And part two is, what does it mean to win this tournament with Arnold Palmer's name on it? Yeah, I mean, it means a ton. Such a great field, such a difficult golf course. And, um, you know, I'm very pleased with how today went. I really don't really don't know what to say. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just really happy right now. I know what to say. Go celebrate with your family. Well done. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. And there were hugs around. His wife was super excited, ran up and met him on the range. You probably caught that on some of the TV coverage. Uh, that's where we were standing on the driving range there. So, Adam, check out these numbers, though, from the top five uh, on this leaderboard on the Sunday rounds. There's one that particular stands out. Uh, Scotty Scheffler shoots 72 uh 
positive two strokes gained putting. He, he really gained a lot with the putter yesterday. Only put 30% of his drives in the fairway, 50% of his greens. Like it was a scrambling, uh, you know, exhibition really from uh, Scotty Scheffler. He shoots 72 in the final round, wins by one shot over Hatton, 69. That's an outlier. The only round under par out of all the leaders on this board. Scotty even. Victor Hovland, who had one hand in the cardigan, so to speak, one arm in the sleeve, 74 on Sunday. Billy Horschel, 75 on Sunday. Gary Woodland, 73. That's after the Eagle on 16 just lights him on fire coming home. And finally, Chris Kirk, he also shot even par alongside Scotty Shuffler to round out the top five. I mean, what a day. Absolutely brutal. Did, hey, I got two questions for you. Did you love the setup? And who had a rougher Sunday, Hovland or Woodland? Ooh. I personally love the setup. Not every week. I mean, we, we've seen 34 under par win already this season on the PGA Tour. We've now seen five under par. It's nice to see the, the lows of the lows and the highs of the highs go off and, and break records. Uh, but not every week, for sure. I'm sure this week it'll be closer to that, like you mentioned before, maybe 9 to 13 under par, depending on the wind and weather. For Gary Woodland, he's been going through some swing changes, some struggles, and it really it looked like it was his tournament there for a little bit. He got I'm not, that lie on 17 in the bunker. It wasn't plugged, but it was just out of the pitch mark. But that attempt at a bunker shot, clearly to me, that was nerves where you sort of try to flip a wedge where you don't really take a big mm -hmm. uh, backswing and the ball doesn't really move. I believe we've just dropped you, Adam, for a second there. A bit of a technical uh, drop, so I'll pick you up there. I know what you're saying in terms of the that little bit of a flinch. Um, it, it, it's weird because Victor Hovland got a similar lie in the same bunker in the next group coming through. So not too sure really what happened with that bunker. Maybe it was just packed wrong. It's a weird face. It's not a very steep front. TV doesn't do it justice. The front of that bunker is much shallower than it appears on TV. So it led to those plugged lies, to your point. And then, and then again, Hovland in the group behind gets it done. But I know what you're saying. That looked a little uh, uh, nervous as well. We're going to play over par, under par coming up in the next segment because there are some names here, including Victor Hovland. I want to know, are you over par? Are you under par? Again, he had one hand on the trophy here, couldn't get it done. Also on the other side, Adam, we're going to take a look at our Twitter poll. We asked you, what is the greatest short par three in tournament golf? Your choices, 17 at Sawgrass, 12 at Augusta National, 7 at Pebble Beach, or other. We'll get to those results. I'll ask Adam if the Twitter universe got it right, and we'll play some over under par. Also, get you caught up with all things uh, Golf Talk Canada at the end of hour one, including uh, let you know our edge picks coming up this week. We had a good edge week, Adam. We had another winner on our edge pick. So if you like fantasy golf and you're doing a little uh, betting on uh, the PGA Tour, you uh, should not be missing our edge picks because we are killing it. Uh, again this season we'll get to it next this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by caddy time the uber like app that allows golfers across canada 
to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Oh, welcome back. Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino and Scully with you. All right, a couple of weeks ago, I was gushing over the 10th hole at Riviera, and rightfully so. I think it's the best hole on the PGA Tour. I really do. Um, but then, of course, we got into the conversation of best short par four in the world of golf, because that's what Riviera 10th is. And we're actually going to have a little bit more on that in Winners Weird and What with another short par four that's kind of changed a lot over the years. But with it being Players' Championship Week, Adam, how do you not turn your focus to the Island Green 17th? It is one of the most famous holes in all of golf, one of the most photographed uh, you know, even your, your, your cousin who, pl- who, you know, hasn't played golf in six years and maybe watches it three Sundays a year knows the Island Green at Sawgrass. So we asked the Twitter universe, what is the best short par three in tournament golf? Your choices were 17 at Sawgrass, 12 at Augusta National, of course, the heart of Amen Corner, seven at Pebble Beach, and other. These are the results. The 12th at Augusta National wins with 50% of the votes. TPC Sawgrass comes in second at 35%. Pebble Beach comes in third at 12%. 3% is other. So, Adam, I will pose the question to you. Two questions. Did the Twitter universe get it correctly with Augusta at 50 over Sawgrass at 35 And what do you think the 3% other is? What holes do you think or hole represents? Is it the postage stamp? Are those open golf fans? I was trying to figure it out and wanted to figure out if you had something that maybe I hadn't uh, thought of. Yeah, so first of all, the the Twitterverse, 50% with the 12th at Augusta National. I personally agree with that. Now, having said that, given the crazy conditions we're supposed to see this week i think we could see some carnage on 17 for so long it's it's a pitching wedge it's a sand wedge it's, it's a gap wedge it's it's a short iron put it that way hitting into an iron an island green last year we saw some very firm conditions on the 17th hole there were 66 in the uh, 66 balls in the water i should say uh, on the 17th hole last year uh, the most we've seen in one turn is 2007 when they were 93 golf balls in the water on the 17th hole we especially saw that last year in the first round when ben on and kevin na both hit three balls each into the water when it was so firm with the pin on the back uh, of the green so i'm curious to see uh if if that changes this week we always do a, on T- gtc tv you know a top five moments on the 17th hole we'll definitely be doing one uh next week as we recap the players championship so 12th well, at augusta national storms, go ahead adam if hold on if these storms come in and we get the winds with the storms which usually are you know hand in hand it's very rarely do you get storms like th- that is projecting the way it's projecting this week down here at the players and it doesn't come with winds i mean i know the conditions are softer but, I mean, we could have carnage, could we not? 
I think we certainly could have carnage. Imagine Sunday where that pin is generally on the right side of the green tucked. Imagine if someone's trying to make a birdie down the stretch on Sunday, aiming it over the water perhaps and having to bring it in. This, these are things I'm really looking forward to seeing. But yeah, to me still, the 12th at Augusta National uh, is up there as the best short par three. Uh, some people on, on Twitter were talking about the, the 16th hole at TPC Scottsdale. Would you call that a short par three? It's, it's hard to, when, when the, the tees were up on the Saturday, when Sam Ryder made that hole in one, I believe it was playing about 148 yards of memory serves. So I guess you'd call that a short par three. The postage stamp yeah, I, is, yeah. is, is, a, is a great hole. The postage stamp is, you know, we saw that duel with Phil Mickelson and Henrik Stenson back in the 2016 Open Championship. That, that's just an unbelievable short par three. With the wind, with the weather, with the open championship conditions, that's just a great hole. One other hole I should say that we saw a couple of years ago at the Irish Open, which we don't see very often. Ah, and, La Hinch. Ah, uh, yes, La Hinch, the Dell, the fifth hole. So for those who aren't <laughs> familiar with the fifth hole at La Hinch, we've seen it a couple times at the Irish Open. It'd be awesome to have an open championship there someday this is a blind par three this this some people might not like this hole but this is a blind par three where you are hitting over a cliff you don't see where your ball is basically you're aiming at a stone on top of a hill and and that stone is basically giving you the line of where the pin is it's 145 yards it's a great hole and those are some of my favorites. I'm sure many people probably haven't heard of the Dell. I'd recommend a quick YouTube search of the Dell at Hinch because this is a great short par three. Uh, I love that hole. Uh, as far as what came to mind for me, the only other one that came to mind for me that is, you know, truly in, in tournament golf on a regular basis was the postage stamp. I think was the only other one that, that came to mind for me in terms of other, with all due respect to the 16th hole at, at uh, TPC Scottsdale. And it is a short par three guys hit wedges. I get it. But I mean, if you take away the grandstands and you take away the 20,000 people and you remove the environment of the Coliseum hole, it's a really bad par three. <laughs> it's just a boring par yeah. three that in any other golf course anywhere in the world, uh, there's nothing special going on there, so so I don't think that qualifies. I think it was it was either the Island Green or the 12th at Augusta. You could you could twist me either way, so I'm fine with the Twitter results. If it had gone either way with one of those two, they were clear head and shoulders above the rest. So uh, let's call it correct. Okay, Skulls, uh, let's play a little under par and over par because carnage at the Arnold Palmer. I teased it in the previous segment. Victor Hovland standing on the 13th hole yesterday was six under par. Okay, the winning total here was five under par. He comes home, Victor Hovland. Bogey, par. Bogey, birdie, bogey, 74. Completely puts it in reverse. We're headed to a golf course where, you know, greens and regulation are important. Strokes gain approach the green are important. Victor Hovland has had a tremendous season. This golf course lines up for him very well this week. But from what you saw at the Arnold Palmer and the struggles with the putter, is he over par 
or is he under par heading to the players? Does he have momentum, or is he off your radar? I think there's scar tissue there. I think he's over par for me. We, we've spoken about his speed control on the greens on Saturday. There were some really weird speed plays from Victor Hovland, leaving putts eight feet short, six feet short, 12 feet short, running some by the hole. And then his bunker game, three of 13 from the bunkers for the week. And that's including a hole out for Eagle in the third round on the sixth hole. Um, you know, he's he spoken at length before about his his chipping issues. He flat out said, my chipping sucks a couple of years ago. His scrambling wasn't that bad around the greens. He was tied for 15th for the week. But in the bunkers, three of 13, there were a lot of shots. And, and Paul Azinger was very vocal about it on the telecast where it looked like he was just hitting a lot of bunker shots fat. And, and they were coming up well short. There wasn't really much spin on it. And, and you could tell that putting stroke really got tentative down the stretch. How about that putt on 18? A chance to make the playoff? And you leave it two feet short from 15 feet? What was Underneath that? Underneath the hole. Underneath no the hole. No late speed. Yeah, no late What's speed. That? And who cares if you finish second anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to putt that to win it, right? Yep. I'm with you. Uh, he was on my radar this week. Previous to the Arnold Palmer, I really had him circled for the Players' Championship. So I'm with you. That puts both of us putting Hovland over par. Okay. Rory McIlroy was one of my edge picks this week. I picked Scotty Scheffler who won, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who backdoored a top 10, and Rory McIlroy was my actual favorite heading into the Arnold Palmer. He's a former player's champion. He opened with 65 on Thursday. He only had one bogey in that opening round on Thursday, shot 65. He looked absolutely brilliant. A bit of a ho-hum Friday, 72. But then his weekend scores, Adam, 76 on Saturday 76 on Sunday. Rory basically throwing up all over himself on the weekend at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Now coming back to a course where he's had success. Rory McIlroy, over par, under par. Okay, so I'm more optimistic about Rory heading into the Players' Championship than Victor Hovland, so I guess that is under par. But still, his weekend, 76-76 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He, he was pretty critical of the setup afterwards, saying he needs to take today, Monday, totally off just to relax and reset. He lost over three shots to the field on the greens alone on the weekend. He still was one of the top players in the field in driving distance, driving accuracy. Puttsburg greens in regulation, he was 51st in the field. It, it, it looked like, it does look like there are signs of things to come. That first round on Thursday, bogey's one of his first holes, then is eight under the rest of the way to shoot seven under 65. It was pretty flawless. And I, I think Rory, after the Genesis Invitational, said his game was close. I still think his game is close. Puzzling weekend still for Rory McIlroy. I'm still more optimistic about him than Victor Hovland, so I'm going barely under par for Rory McIlroy heading into the players, despite the weekend he just had. Is that is that weird? No, I know what you're saying. You got to go. You can't pick even, right? Yeah. So you got to pick under par or over par. But he's almost right on the number for you. But you're yeah. still going to lean towards under par just because of what he showed you on Thursday and what he showed you in L.A. And you're reading what he's saying. And and also the setup at the players is going to be a lot friendlier than the setup at Bay Hill. But with the storms and the winds coming, he's a high ball hitter. I mean, if he's not going to be, you know, although he likes soft golf courses too. think of what he's done when he's had rain drenched congressional. He wins by a ton. 
uh, Valhalla won yeah. by a, you know what I mean? When you give him a soft golf course, he's deadly. I don't know. I'm going the opposite, Adam. You got him under. I got him over. I think the head's still scrambled. At the end of the day, I think if, if we were just out there playing for fun, Rory would be the best player in the world. I really do. If we just went out there and you weren't playing for a bloody thing and there was no cameras on, he's probably still the best player on the planet. Unfortunately, that's not how this works. Now, speaking of that, that leads me to my last over par under par for you. Again, I really like players that hit a lot of greens and regulation when it comes to the players' championship. The reason being is, I mean, very similar to Honda last week, if you miss greens in the wrong spots at the players, you can't scramble because you're in a penalty area. So, I mean, it's you've got to miss to the proper side all day or, or you're dead. So guys that hit a lot of greens are, are usually fairly advantageous at the players' championship. Unlike Augusta, where strokes gained approach is a huge, huge statistic annually at Augusta, but you will see years where guys like Spieth and Reed win because you can get up and down from everywhere if you're a short game guru. That's not necessarily the case at Honda and the players. This guy is right up there with Morikawa when it comes to tee to green, just out ball striking the field and hitting greens. But he didn't put a single round in the 60s, and we're going to get to him in Winners Weird and What. John Rahm. John Rahm finished in a tie for 17th, hasn't won. Where are we on Rom? Are you over par, under par, heading to the players? I'm still waiting for Rom to break out. Like it seems for the last month or so, he's had his C game, his D game, perhaps, and he's still finishing inside the top twenty. This is—I'm not going to call it Tiger-esque, but when when not having your game and still finishing inside the top twenty against the best players in the world is pretty darn impressive. He's had success at the Players' Championship before. We remember the 2019 players when he was right in the mix when Rory McIlroy ended up winning. And Rom hit that shot, tried a very bizarre shot uh, on the front nine on a, on a par five, hitting it into the water with an eight iron below his feet, trying to play a swooping hook, which was not the right play for sure. In hindsight, I kind of think I'm still over par on John Rom. He just it, the, the putting just isn't there. Uh, he he sort of snapped at a reporter who was asking about it if he changed the, the length of his putter, and he said, "No, guys, I've used the same putter length since I was in second year college six years ago." Uh, we'll get to what happened. How he finished T seventeen, mm -hmm. missing a putt of ten inches, which was bizarre in itself. I, I'm still a little over par on John Rahm. I, I think he's he's going to peak during peak major season if that makes sense once the masters comes around i'm still a little over par on him but i still i wouldn't be at some point he's going to win a tournament by five or six shots i really believe that what do you think yeah i think you're right uh i i so we're we agree with rom over par we agree with hovland over par we disagree with rory but but just by a bit you have him just under i have him just over but i'm with you on rom and i just think that next week or this week i should say is a very tactical golf course uh, very similar to Honda, uh, very similar in a way to what we saw at Bay Hill. I think John Rahm, in the, he, listen, he's one of the best players in the world. He can win anywhere at any point in time. To your point, Adam, he's finishing top 20 and some weeks top 10 with his B and C game, to your point. But I think right now that John Rahm needs a more fluid, imaginary golf course like the Masters, like what we saw at Kapalua, for the Century Tournament of Champions where, where there's different options and flows, a flow to the golf course, not A to B. 
and very a, a very singular diagram on how to play a hole. He is not going to get that this week. I think he's going to feel a little boxed in. I'm with you. I have him over par. And we'll find out this Wednesday, our one-hour on-location Players' Championship preview special. Adam, Bob, and myself will have our Players' Championship picks, and uh, we'll see who we do like this week for TSN Edge at the Players' Championship. On the other side, we'll get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada, including our huge week of TV, which includes a radio-to-TV wrap-up special, which Scully will be hosting. Uh, and some 20 weeks of tailor-made news as well that we need to tease. All coming up next, we'll also tee up Hour 2. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Speaking of Myrtle Beach, we're actually going to have a Can-Am Cup announcement coming out in the next few weeks as well. So glad that that is back and that the world is traveling again. I saw our good friend T.J. Rule play the old course of St. Andrews the other day. Did you see that, uh, Adam? I sure did. It looked, uh, as Bob uh, showed on Winners Weird and What last week on Golf Talk Canada Television, there was some snow on the ground the previous week at St. Andrews. So uh, T.J. Rule got out, had a toque on, saw that. So maybe <laughs> had to b- battle the elements. But when you're at St. Andrews, you have to play the old course. I can't wait to get there at some point. I got to tell you something right now, too. You can be at St. Andrews in July and wear a toque. So, That's you right. know, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, okay. Uh, we will have, uh, we got to have TJ on uh, after the Masters and uh, and get an update on what's happening in the world of travel. Because, I mean, now that uh, things have opened up again and, uh, you know, even the border rules with the, the testing is, is much cool. easier and they've, they've, they've removed the non-essential travel restrictions. So, the, Hey, people are doing it again. Get out there and play. Um, okay, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Huge announcement coming March 28th. The week of March 28th, we're going to have a huge announcement regarding 20 weeks of TaylorMade uh, this year. However, uh, we can tell you this. It's back, and it starts April 6th. That's Masters Wednesday. We're going to give away uh, a Masters package that week. Actually, the, uh, the, the, the prize will be handed out the, the following week after the Masters, but we'll announce what week's, week one's prizing is April 6th. And on March 28th, we'll have a big announcement regarding the grand prize this year and some details on how you can win in 2022 as 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is back from the Masters to the FedEx Cup Final 20 weeks in a row, we're going to give away over $20,000 in tailor-made product throughout the summer on Golf Talk Canada TV, radio, social media platforms, along with our friends at TaylorMade Golf Canada. So make sure you're following us on Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram, and TaylorMade Canada CA on Instagram uh, and Twitter's way as well. It's tw- uh, TaylorMade Golf CA, at TaylorMade Golf CA is the handle uh, for our friends at TaylorMade. Okay, we have a big week, Adam. Bob and I are on the ground of the Players' Championship, so Golf Talk Canada Players' Championship special, 1 o'clock Wednesday, watch for re-airings Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, 
Um, Bob and I will be on location at the stadium course at Sawgrass. We'll let you know our TSN edge picks. We'll take a look at the, the famous 17th hole. Um, but we also have a big week of TV because a week today, 10 to 12, we will simulcast Golf Talk Canada Radio on TSN T2 television. So whether you want to listen to Golf Talk Canada Radio, you can also watch it. Adam will be hosting that. I'll be jumping in uh, from uh, from the Players' Championship course or somewhere on the road, leaving the Players' Championship, and uh, we'll have some guests lined up, and we'll put a bow on the Players' Championship. So that's next week. It's a very big week for us. And then, of course, uh, we're only a couple weeks away from the Masters. Uh, I can't believe how much that is creeping up. In Hour 2, Winner's Weird and What? We'll also take a look at the five Canadians in the field at the Players' Championship and, and what we feel of their chances and performance this week. It's funny, you know, each week we've got seven, eight Canadians now in the field, and now that is translated to a big event like the Players' Championship. I don't ever recall seeing five Canadian flags in the Players' Championship. This is unbelievable. Can we get in the mix on Sunday? We'll break it down. Also, next week, or I should say this week, Wednesday night, Tiger Woods goes into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, uh, you know, either him or Jack, depending on your generation, greatest player to ever play this game. Uh, what were some of his favorite moments, performances? Adam and I will give you our list of what we think as it is Tiger Week in the Hall of Fame. We'll do it all in hour two. We'll get you caught up in all leaderboards in the world of golf, as well as players' championship coverage on TSN, your home for all your major championship golf and PGA Tour golf. We'll do it all in hour two. Uh, Coming up next, though, we will kick it off with Tiger Talk Hall of Fame. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by... Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back, Hour 2 Golf Talk Canada. Scully, Zacchino, it is Players' Championship Week. Love this week. You know, it's interesting, Adam, you know, everybody debates on what their favorite major is, what their favorite tournament is. Uh, Ryder Cup, I kind of push aside because it's a bit of an, you know, every two years it kind of stands alone as, as its own thing. Sunday at the Ryder Cup is just so cool. Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, that's her favorite uh, on-the-ground day in golf. The Sunday singles, just the energy at the Ryder Cup is just like nothing else. But her favorite tournament to go to on an annual basis, not that she goes annually, but if you were to ask her, she'll tell you the Players' Championship. She thinks it is the, the, better, the better celebration of golf. It, it's, it's friendlier. It's friendly. It's a celebration. It's almost homecoming for the PGA Tour, in a sense. Uh, the fan experience is better than any other live golf tournament. It's not even close. 
Augusta is amazing. Don't get me wrong. To be at Augusta is a real honor and a pleasure, but it is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a time warp at Augusta, you know, no electric scoreboards. You're not allowed to have your cell phone with you. So you can't listen to the play by play audio coverage. You can't, you can't check your leaderboard updates. Uh, there's really no interaction, etc., with the fan on the ground, you know, so it's, you know, maybe one day that'll turn around a little Augusta. I don't know. They do things the, when they're ready to do them and, and how they want to do them. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. It's their choice. It's what makes them special. And you've heard a lot of people in the, in the media at times say the greatest thing about Augusta National is, you know, the clock stopped in 1965. And the worst thing about Augusta National is the clock stopped in 1965. So that's a debate for another time. The Players' Championship is on the cutting edge of everything. I mean, we're going to have more ESPN live coverage, uh, PGA Tour live coverage of, of the players this year. You can see every single shot from every single player morning to night. We've got you know TSN, obviously, four days of coverage with CTV. I mean, and, and when you're on the ground, you feel uh, submerged in this golf tournament. It is unbelievable. Um and to think, though, that this week is going to be bigger than it already is because, the fair to say, the greatest player of all time, Adam, is... I, I try not to... Like, in my opinion, he's the GOAT. But I have a hard time because I know some people, they'll light up on Twitter, oh, Jack Nicklaus, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, Jack had more majors. Jack's record is incredible. Uh, Jack is, you know, in, in my mind, clear-cut number two without argument. To me, Tiger in his prime, nobody's even close. Uh, I also think Tiger had to beat 140 guys each week. Jack had to beat 14 to 20 guys each week. I mean, in Jack's era, the 3,000-ranked the, the player on the planet didn't threaten to break 60 on a regular basis. In Tiger's era, you could go to any corner of the world and pull a guy off any tour. He could shoot 59 on any given day. Uh, he goes into the Hall of Fame Wednesday night. Um, is he the greatest of all time, in your opinion, Adam? And what are his greatest performances and moments when you look back and you think about his career? Because there are so many to choose from. What stands out for you? Yeah, so first of all, me being of the younger uh, demographic, I guess I am 30 now. So is that still the young demographic? I, I, I don't know. But, uh, but <laughs> to me, yes. To me, yes. So. <laughs> uh, to me, he is the greatest of all time. I, I, I've only seen highlights of Jack Nicklaus play. And obviously, uh, he had an unbelievable career. And, and like you said, uh, number two, for sure. For Tiger Woods, the, the run of dominance he had in major championships between 1997 and 2009 was unbelievable, astronomical, if you will. Pulled up some stats here, um, courtesy of Justin Ray. Best score to par in majors from 97 to 2009. Tiger Woods was 134 under par. Mark, do you know who was in second? Phil Mickelson at wow. 99 over par. Come on. Phil was the in only second. player... He was the only player within 250 shots of Tiger Woods, minimum of 70 rounds played. Wow. We know how good he was winning 14 majors in that span. Yes, he won his, his historic 15th major a couple of years ago yes. uh, on that Sunday morning at Augusta National. But when you think of those numbers, yeah. how crazy that is. 250 shots, 
better than the second best guy, minimum 70 rounds played at major championships from 97 to 2009. Mind a different sport. blown. Yeah, playing yes. a completely different sport than everyone else. And Bob and I say it all the time. In our opinion, if you're just looking for a micro example of that, it is clearly the 2000 U.S. Open. Bob and I both agree it is the greatest single tournament performance in the history of the sport. To blow away the field by win by 15 shots mm -hmm. at a U.S. Open, to be the only player under par at a U.S. Open, uh, and have a gap of 15, to me, there, there's nothing even close. With all due respect to his performance in 97 at Augusta, and with all due respect to his performance on a broken knee in 08, and with all due respect to adding 15 when we thought he was dead, like we literally thought he was dead and buried and he wins 15. If I'm just looking for an example to identify his dominance... It's the 2000 U.S. Open. Those other ones that I mentioned are huge historic moments that add to the lore and add to the legend of Tiger Woods, like doing it on the knee at Torrey and, and, and him walking through the Tour Championship with Rory and the crowd filling in behind him at the Tour Championship. I mean, like there's moments like that. Uh, there's shots like Glen mm -hmm. Abbey, right? But I mean, if you're to, to, to your point, Adam, where you're showing here is a, a here is a, a statistic that is Gretzky mind blowing into how much better he was than anybody else in that ten to twelve year window of time. Uh, the 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 in that window of time, like you're suggesting, the greatest four days of that was the U.S. Open. Yeah, and you know he won or he's won fifteen majors. He's not finished yet. Let's let's hope not. I, I think right. we're going to see him play at some point here in two thousand twenty-two. Knock on wood. But he's won majors in different ways too. We remember that chip in two thousand five at the Masters. He bogeyed the next two holes, almost blew that Masters away to Chris DeMarco. He won in a playoff, making a fifteen-foot putt. 2006 Open Championship. His father passes away. He misses the cut of the U.S. Open, and then he goes on. What I would say, the best iron performance in the history of golf in one single week where he, he basically put the driver in the bag, relied on that stinger off the tee, the two iron, laying up short of all the bunkers, basically making the golf course way longer than, than anyone else was playing because he took driver out of his hands, and he put on a long iron and leg putting clinic. That was a memorable one. Of course, winning the 2008 U.S. Open, like you mentioned, essentially on one leg, having to go the extra 18 holes in the playoff, then the extra, extra hole in the playoff to go 91 holes to beat Rocco Mediate, who no one really thought was going to have any chance to, to ever win a major championship. Tiger goes on and beats Rocco Mediate. And then, of course, you know, the 2019 Masters, where I'll never forget Mark sitting with you in studio that Sunday morning because they were going off split tees, threesomes, the first time the Masters has ever done that because of the weather coming in. And Tiger was methodical, plodding his way along. He bogeys the fifth hole on Sunday, bogeyed the fifth hole all four days that round. The 12th hole was the TSN turning point, TN, mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. where three guys put it in the water, Molinari, Poulter, Kepka. And what does he go on to do? He hits it 35 feet long, has a great two-putt, goes on to win the tournament with birdies at 15 and 16. He's won majors in so many different ways, in dominating fashion, now in comeback fashion. As we'll talk about on TV this week, though, you wonder what's next. You wonder, is the Masters any sort of possibility? Probably not, but may maybe. What, what do you think? 
I, I don't. I was hoping it was going to be this week because, yeah. you know, the biggest challenge is not playing golf, unfortunately. Like, he showed us. there's He's not even go, training yet. He's not even practicing at full tilt yet with his long game. And at the PNC, he was hitting some drives 320 yards. Golf and speed is not going to be the problem. Walking is the problem, which is why I thought this week might be in focus. This is one of the flattest, shortest golf courses we're going to play in the modern game on the PGA Tour. We're around 7,000 yards and change here at Sawgrass, and there's no elevation changes at all on this property. It's it's a walk in a swamp is what it is. When Dean Beeman bought this property for $1 and hired Pete Dye to build this golf course, I mean, it was like he basically showed Pete Dye a bunch of swampland and went, you know, let's build stadium golf. What's stadium golf? Sit down. Let's talk about this. And, and that's how this happened. I thought, okay, maybe this is the week for Tiger Woods. Uh, and it's not to be. So I certainly don't think it's Augusta. I just think it's too hard, Adam, yeah. uh, up and down. Like the undulations there are tremendous. TV does not do it justice. It is a hard walk. I'm wondering, USO, but I'm starting to think that maybe Bob was right all along. Bob circled St. Andrews for the celebration of the Open Championship, and it's July. And I'm wondering if Bob was right all along. Time will tell. Before we put a bow on this, Adam, uh, we need to talk about just singular shots because they were great moments as well. And if you had to pick just one, I'll give you a list here. If you had to pick just one, what would it be? And did I miss one? So pick, I'll give you a list to choose from, or maybe you go off the list. Because when I think of it, just singular shots. Obviously, there's Glen Abbey, 18th hole, the Canadian Open from the bunker, the six iron. That That's personal to us as Canadians and our relationship with Glen Abbey, our national championship, and Tiger. There's the pitch shot left to 16 against Chris DeMarco, where that Nike logo kind of hung on the edge. Of course, it's Vern Lundquist, because Vern Lundquist gets every great moment in the world of golf. You know, in your life, have you ever seen anything quite like that? Uh, Also comes to mind is better than most, and we don't talk about that a lot. You know, that's this week, back of the 17th green, and that was the old 17th green that had way more undulation in it. it. It's been softened in the last renovation, better than most. Uh, Gary Koch on the call with the snake putt that finds the bottom of the cup at 17. You know, there's so many singular shots. If you had to pick one as the iconic Tiger shot, what is it? I still go back to the 2005 Masters where Tiger and Steve Williams, his caddy at the time, were talking about where he had to land this ball to, you know, have some sort of putt for par. And as, as Steve Williams said in his book, Tiger had Tiger found a spot on the green that was the size of a loony, basically, and said, if I land my ball here, do you think we can get it close? And Steve said yes. And Steve focused on that mark, and Tiger landed that ball exactly on that spot. Like, you and I could stand there for days and try to hit at that spot. And that was also impressive because no one's ever hit it over there on the 16th hole. So no one had any idea how to hit that shot and how to play it up, play it up a slope and come all the way down in the circumstance where he was because he hadn't won a major championship at that point in a couple of years too. So there was pressure on the line for Tiger Woods to, to come back and win another major. But in terms of overall shots, that has to be number one in my mind. 
There you go. In your life, have you ever seen anything quite like that? Would you like to just follow Vern Lundquist around? Because everywhere Vern goes, an epic moment in golf is coming, right? Yep. He had 86 yep. with Jack. I mean, he is just the best. I can listen to Vern call golf all day. Okay, Adam, five Canadians in the field at the Players' Championship this week. Uh, we're going to get you a, a story on all of them. To me, from a statistical standpoint, it's pretty clear who the favorite should be. But in terms of form, who's got form coming in, maybe the pitcher is not as clear as we think. We'll get to the Canadian story at the Players' Championship next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino and Scully, Players' Championship Week. All right, Adam, we've got five Canadians in the field this week in the Players' Championship. We've got Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Roger Sloan, Taylor Pendrith. If we buy into the narrative, which I think is a fairly fair narrative, that Iron play is important. You need to hit a lot of greens. There's not a lot of bailout areas. Let's just look at some of the champions over the years, right? We've got Justin Thomas, you know, Tiger Woods, uh, Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia, um, Webb Simpson with a great performance a few years ago. Uh, it, the golf course doesn't favor any style of play. In other words, bombers don't win there. And putters don't win there. It's not necessarily one of those golf courses. But greens and regulation and, and guys who can plot, it, it will lean that way. To me, that screams Corey Connors. With all due respect to all of our boys, because you know we got, again, Hadwin, Hughes, Sloan, Penrith, Connors. Corey Connors is, you know, look at the greens and regulation stats on the PGA Tour. He's right up there in the top five. Strokes gain approach the green, 49th. Strokes gain off the tee, 5th. Uh, strokes gain tee to green, 16th. When we're checking the boxes of ball striking categories, Corey Connors is our guy uh, from a Team Canada perspective. Here's where I have the doubt and why I said to you, that maybe the stats aren't telling the story of form. Let's go back to the start of this season. Sony, he has a good showing at Sony, 11th. Misses the cut at American Express. Misses the cut at the Farmers. T38 at Phoenix. Misses the cut at, in LA. T11 this week at the Arnold Palmer. Where are you on Corey Connors? Are you putting more weight in this performance of T11 at a hard golf course, Arnold Palmer? Or are you concerned about his form coming in? Because statistically speaking, he is the guy that should do the best at the Players' Championship. 
Yeah, and given the success he's had here before, he was actually in the mix last week at the or last year at the Players Championship where he came seventh. Like you mentioned, his year has been not suspect, but he's had a, he's doesn't hasn't had the best start. Um, obviously, he had some great finishes at the big tournaments last year. Like I mentioned, the Players Championship finishing seventh, finishing uh, in the top ten twice at the Masters last year, both at the November Masters and in April had the had the eighteen hole lead at the PGA Championship. This guy plays. This guy shows up, and, and he brings his A game. Uh, for Corey Connors, it's always going to be his putter. I think if you meshed Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes, their games together, you'd have a top 10 player in the world, hands down, smack dab, right there. Um, I, I'm optimistic about Corey Connors, though, because his putting stats weren't all that bad uh, last week. Obviously, it's still the weakness of his game, as, as we've said before, but... He showed some some signs of some glimpses of not brilliance, but he, he showed some signs there with with the putter. I like Corey Connors this week. If you're looking at it from a TSN Edge perspective, sixty six to one odds for Corey Connors. For Mackenzie Hughes, who had a really good fall with two finishes inside the top four, he's at around one hundred and sixty to one. And this is a guy who finished sixteenth here back in two thousand seventeen. He's played well here before. I like Corey Connors, but I think there is some more value if you're looking at it from that perspective in Mackenzie Hughes. What do you think? Okay, so I think we agree that from a Canadian perspective, Corey Connors is the guy that makes the most yes. sense. Yes. Uh, I am concerned about the up and down start, but this is a tee to green golf course. Um, the putting here, it's not as subtle as it is at some places that cause a Corey Connors a type of issue. I'll give you a perfect example. What's his best major performance to date? The Masters. Right. Where are the golf where are the breaks more severe anywhere in golf than Augusta? There's nowhere. So th there's not a lot of it's not a nuance. It's not a crease. I mean Augusta, you go, oh, this is nine feet outside the right edge. The 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 break slaps you in the face. And I think that helps a putter like Corey Connors. And I think there's a similar aspect to these greens at the players. They're not as severe as Augusta by any means of the imagination. But because this is a modern day stadium golf course, the greens are as obvious as Augusta. You do not have to guess the read here. They're slapping you in the face as well. Although, again, not as severe as Augusta. To prove my point or to, or to kind of exercise what, I, what I'm talking about here is we, let's go back a few weeks to Riviera. That is a very old golf course, Riviera, and there are a ton of nuances to that golf course. It is a subtle crease here, a subtle fold there. There are some sharp edges around the greens, but you can stand there and look at a putt on Thursday and think it breaks left, and the next day on the same line go, how did this thing break right? Like it's that mind-boggling. Corey missed the cut at the Genesis, okay? He missed the cut there. So I think Corey, to your point, when he gets on a golf course where the greens are a little bit more obvious in terms of not being hard to read, he'll find a comfort level. He'll be the guy in terms of Team Canada that is the favorite. The big question then comes to me, Adam, 
Who's number? Who would be number two? Taylor's shown some signs uh, of maybe getting some done this year. Adam's showing signs that he might get his game back. McKenzie's 11th in strokes game putting on the PGA Tour. If you're that good a putter, and look at what McKenzie's done in hard golf tournaments against great fields. He's probably played better against hard fields than any of the Canadians. So the question becomes, who's number two? I don't know. Kind of easy to take the cop out here and just go with the putter, isn't it? It is, and you wonder too, Mark, with the weather coming in, uh, you know, does that does that favor Corey Connors as one of the top ball strikers in the PGA Tour? I would think so. If if it gets really windy, if it turns into uh, a slugfest in terms of rain and soft conditions, and and putting it from plot A to plot B, and the ball not really rolling out anywhere until the weekend when it turns into you know fifty five degrees Fahrenheit and the wind blowing twenty five to or twenty five miles per hour, I, I think that would favor a Corey Connors. Uh, you mentioned Adam Hadwin there. Again, having a pretty solid year thus far. He's 16th in greens and regulation, 23rd in driving accuracy, 9th in sand saves. This is a guy who went through a big swing overhaul last year. It looks like those swing changes are coming uh, into play here. Taylor Pendrith has also played well at tough golf courses in tough conditions before. You think to Bermuda back in the fall where he finished tied for 5th. Could be a long shot value play there from a Canadian perspective. I think, I think Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors have a really good chance to not only make the cut, but get inside the top 20, top 15, and, and get their name in the mix this week. Could we see one of them in an edge pick tomorrow? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. It's possible. It is possible. That, that, that is certainly possible. There are I nine of us. I think Bob might surprise us. I think Bob okay. might surprise us with a Corey Connors pick. I'm just, I don't know why. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm pretty certain who my three are going to be. They're not... Well, I'll leave it at that. I I think I know who I'm picking. I haven't told you guys who I'm picking yet, but I I think I have my three. None of them are Canadian. Although it probably, if if we had six picks, I I might pick one. Oh, all right. There you go. I have two right now. I don't have my third yet. I've got two guys circled, full stamp, lock them, put them in the bank. Don't know the third yet. I'm going back and forth. All right. On the other side, we'll do winners, weird, and what. There was a ton to get to this week. Still lots to go here. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. All right, Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino Scully. So much to still to get to because, I mean... We had some bizarre stuff, and we're going to double dip on some of these winter weird and what, because one of Adam's this week, I was a part of, which we'll use tomorrow on TV. So if you haven't seen this, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. But let's get to it. Three dub, the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, we're going to get to leaderboards uh, at the end of the show. We'll get you caught up on everything that happened, leaderboards in the world of golf. And there was a ton of golf to play. But the Puerto Rico Open happened this week on the PGA Tour. And, and we didn't really talk about it much. And it's kind of like, 
it's there, but obviously it gets overshadowed by the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It's an opposite field event. There's only 350 FedEx Cup points to the winner instead of the 550 that we handed out the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It doesn't come with an invite to the Masters because it's an opposite field event. But a win is a win, okay? And for Ryan Brem, this is a huge win. Ryan Brem had 67 previous starts on the PGA Tour. And he had never won a golf tournament. And he had never had a top 10 finish. Now, there are players every year that are playing on medical exemptions and extensions. And most often than not, a player will have, oh, he's on a medical exemption. He's got five events to make up X amount of FedEx Cup points to retain his card. Or he has seven events to make up X amount of FedEx Cup points to retain his card. Well, Ryan Brent went to the Puerto Rico Open on his only start. He had one start for his medical exemption, and he had to win the Puerto Rico Open, or he would have been sent back to the Corn Ferry Tour. And Ryan Brem shoots 20 under par at him and wins by six. His first win of his PGA Tour career when he had a loaded pistol to his head. I mean, this is an amazing story. Talk about clutch. And when we look back on 2022 for our year in review show, it's coming up in you know November, December. This is going to be one of the moments of the year where he, there was so much on the line for this guy, so much pressure. And what does, he do, what does he do? Go out and win? What a great story. Unbelievable. Unbelievable story. And uh, good on him. I hope to see him out there now. And when I see him, I'm going to make sure I walk up, introduce myself, and, and congratulate him. Okay, my weird this week could have easily have also been my what? In terms of, wow, how the mighty have fallen. A former champion of this event, Ricky Fowler, a mainstay in you know the top 20 in the world, a mainstay at major championships. Ricky Fowler, Adam, is not in the field and did not qualify for the Players' Championship. In fact, Ricky Fowler had to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week to punch his ticket to Sawgrass. And was unable to do it. And when you think about when we have the conversations, where's Rory? Uh, where's Ricky's game? Is he on the comeback? Is he showing form? You know what? We've seen a few bright spots along the way. Not many. But I mean, this is a big one. To miss the Players' Championship, you're saying a lot. You weren't inside the top 125 on the FedEx Cup. You were not in the top 50 in the world. Your, your former champion status has expired because it's outside five years. I mean, he has not missed a player's championship since 2009. He won't play this weekend, Adam. You know, it's certainly bizarre. And you mentioned some some bright spots. Looking at his past you know, finishes, the T3 at the CJ Cup. And other than that, he's made three straight cuts. Hasn't finished inside the top 40. So there's that. Ricky Fowler's now 122nd in the official world golf ranking. Need the special exemption to get in the PGA Championship mm -hmm. last year. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a few more withdrawals and he'll get in this week. Very likely not. But this has certainly been quite a fall for Ricky Fowler. Will he get it back? Who knows? But there really aren't any good signs for Ricky Fowler here going forward. This player's impact pool that we talked about off the top of the show today, if this was 2015 and we were doing the player's impact pool with the popularity of Ricky Fowler, he would have been top five, would he have not? 
he would have been probably right behind Tiger and Phil. Probably. Unbelievable how that has just tumbled down in terms of the world golf rankings and his position in the game. Okay. Uh, I tease this off the top about we talked about the greatest short par threes in the game of golf and great short par fours. And I think the 10th at Riviera is the best hole on tour. But we have an interesting hole this week. 12th at Sawgrass. Now, the reason it's interesting is up until 2016, the 12th hole at at the the stadium course at Sawgrass was a 360-yard par four dog leg left with a blind shot around the green. They built this huge mound in front of the green. And the hole never really fit. And Pete Dye over his career has for the majority of his career has been against short drivable par fours. The saying with Pete Dye was always, if Pete wanted you to drive the green, he would have made it a par, par three, was the saying they used to have. Uh, but when they built the stadium course, it was for a viewing experience. And the viewing experience at 12 was never great. 360 yards, blind hill in front, no grandstands. And it was a hole that really didn't add anything to an otherwise exceptionally volatile and exciting back nine. If you think of all the par fives and the risk reward on the back nine at Sawgrass, it might be the best back nine in all of championship golf. So the 12th hole previous to 2016 never fluctuated in scoring average year to year more than 0.1 at them. And it yielded only 111 birdies per tournament on average. You never saw eagles. And you saw a couple, you know, handful of birdies. It didn't do much. Now, Pete Dye was against the redesign, but he went along with it. They brought in another architect. And in 2017, they made the change. The first year, the players thought the edges were a little sharp. They weren't too sure if, if going for it was the right play. It yielded 127 birdies. The scoring didn't change much. They softened it in 18, and since then, this thing has been on the charts. It averages about 200 birdies a year. You can see eagles. The scoring average now can be down as low as 3.5 from 3.9, almost a half a shot difference over four days, and they added another volatile hole on an already volatile back nine. Pete Dye is one of my favorite architects in the history of the game. I love his stuff. Kiowa, Whistling Straits, Casa de Campo, the list is endless. I know he's controversial, and 99.9% of the time he's right. He was wrong on 12 at the stadium course. They got it right now. What a great change to a great golf course. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Okay, okay, hold on a second. That's a new sting. We have dropped the Phil sting. Okay, last week, Phil, uh, Phil's social media lit up because he heard that I dropped him as my profile pick on social media. Amy was very upset. And now you have dropped Phil from your winner's weird and what sting. You're going to have to send flowers to the Mickelson uh, residence. Adam. I, this is just too much. My my Twitter notifications are already blowing up here. There, it's it's hard to believe. It's just I, I can I, I might have to restart my phone here. This is nonstop here. But uh, you know, had had to change it up here a little bit. And that, that was one of the great moments, Mark, we had together in Carlsbad, trying out the Stealth Plus, where it was where Tomo Bisted was there standing with, behind us, three twenty six carry, three forty eight total. 
So I, I'm thinking of ordering T-shirts just with 348 on them, maybe a new nickname. I, you can't really give yourself a nickname, I guess. But uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's my new winners, weird, and what sting. Now, a lot Love going it. on in the world of golf. And, and Max Homa, as we mentioned, uh, maybe just outside the top 10 in the player impact program. But he is my winner this week. Now, Max Homa, as we know, was great on social media. And before the start of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, he tweeted out, Tiger still has better odds than me to win the Masters. And, and with, with a funny <laughs> I saw that. And so this is Max Homa. Now he has three career PGA Tour wins. He's had a great season so far. Tiger Woods hasn't played any golf except for the, the parent child. He didn't really like that Tiger has better odds uh, than him for the Masters. Uh, Joel Dame rep- replied, at least you have odds for the Masters. So, so put it that way. <laughs> and then Max Homa goes out, gets a hole in one. And you could almost make the, his hole-in-one a winner, weird, and what? A, so he makes the hole-in-one, but what does Max Homa do? He hits the shot, turns around to go get water, doesn't even see the ball go in the hole, and then the celebration, a, a little shimmy. Like, it wasn't quite Rich Beam in 2002, the dance, but it, it, was, it was a good little shimmy there for Max Homa. And then he described after the fact that he can't see. He doesn't have good vision, and I and yeah. I feel you there, brother. I, I can't see, too. I wear prescription sunglasses when I play golf. But then it gets even better. So Max Homa, uh, he had some buddies playing at Pebble Beach. So he called Pebble Beach and bought everyone a round of drinks in the oh, clubhouse this at Pebble part. Beach. Yes, yes, after okay. the hole-in-one. So Max Homa, I mean, player impact program. Come on, baby, 2022. I, he's got to be in the top ten. I mentioned him off the top that I was surprised he wasn't in there. I thought he'd be somewhere 8 to 10. I'm shocked. And Joel Damon, I mean, those two on social media, Joel Damon, best buddies with our friend Nick Taylor, right? And they're they're great buddies and went to school together. And Damon's awesome. But, yeah, I'm with you on Max Home all the way, Skulls. Okay, my weird this week, and we've teased this. You're there. You saw this. John Rahm, he's got 10 inches. Lot, lot of work to go here to save your par there, John. And he leaves it short. After the fact, he basically said it was a brain fart. I mean, we've seen this. Ricky Fowler missed a tap-in at the PGA Championship a couple of years ago. But, Mark, you were there. What, what happened? So a couple things here, Skulls. One, about seven years ago or so when I started on the play-by-play team, I gave a putt to Jordan Spieth at the Tour Championship, and he missed it. And my, I got, my boss told me, don't ever give putts. This is why we don't give putts. What you want to do is, if you try to get out of the call and get it back to the studio because we got to go somewhere else on the golf course, give it like, he'll likely remain at even. He'll likely make yeah. three. So sure enough, that is stuck in my head for the last seven years because you'll never make that mistake again, right? It's only a mistake if you don't learn from it, right? So get there on the seventh. John Rahm lags it up 10 inches, and uh, all right, boys, uh, that looks pretty good from here. He'll likely make three. Let's get back to you, Earl. Go back to Earl. Within 20 seconds of getting out of that, he walks up 10 inches, and from my vantage point, all I see is a motion to kind of do something, and then he stands there, and he kind of freezes and looks down, and I look down, and the ball's still there. <laughs> and I'm yelling in, the, in, my, in my microphone to my producer. I'm like, he missed it. He missed the nine-inch putt. Now, it was 10, and I'm screaming, he missed the nine-inch putt. I, I knew it was around there, right? So I've seen whiffs before uh, in my life, but I've never seen it where 
he like from my view in the replay, it looks like he hit the ground a little first. It was almost a scuffy whiff, like a like he hit it fat and moved it like three inches. It's the most bizarre thing I've seen, and I'm I'm very rarely short for words, as you know. <laughs> I came back on the air and I said, listen, I've never seen this in seven, eight years. I don't even know how to explain this, but this is what just happened here at the seventh green. And I mean, we left it at that. And what do you possibly say about world number one missing a 10 inch putt? Totally. And, you know, give credit to him because it'd be easy to mail it in, miss the cut. Mm -hmm. This guy goes out, finishes in the top 20 with a missed putt inside of, you know, a foot. Good on John Rom, but a very bizarre moment for sure. Okay, before we go to break here, we uh, Rory McIlroy trying to complete the career Grand Slam. This is going to be a topic for the next month or so on this show. Now, Rory's taking different strategies of how he's going to prepare for the Masters. Before the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, he was asked if he's going to take a scouting trip to Augusta National this year. And he said, and I'm quoting him here, I used to go on scouting missions and go for prep. Now, I usually just go for the why. They've got a great wine cellar there at Augusta National. Uh, you know what, Mark? I haven't been to Augusta National. I haven't tasted their, their wine. Not sure if you've tasted their wine. But for Rory McIlroy, a wino, I guess, if you will. Different strategy. Who knows if it'll work. Mate probably needs to shoot better than 76, 76 on the weekend at Augusta National. What do you think? Uh, I mean, that's a shocking <laughs> answer. I love Rory. Maybe he's trying to deflect the pressure and deflect the attention. The elephant in the room has, I think, become too much for him. I've been to Augusta like 20-some-odd times, Adam. Never been invited into the wine cellar. Yeah. Very offensive, yeah. okay? Now, if Molinari had a one a couple years ago instead of Tiger, I thought maybe i get into the wine cellar. Get some Brunello, you know, some Amarone. Oh, yeah. yeah. But when that kind of went into the watery grave on 15, I mean, that was kind of the end of my trip to the wine cellar. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, Adam. Uh, we got to put a bow on this show. But on the other side, we'll do leaderboards from the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We put a bow on today's show, Zucchino and Scully. It is Players' Championship Week. But let's do leaderboards from the world of golf, presented by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com for all your range finder needs. DP World Tour, Ashen Wu gets the victory. But the story for us, Canadian, Aaron Cockerell. We need to keep an eye on him. This is his highest finish ever on the DP World Tour. He finishes four off the pace and a tie for second. We'll have to keep our eye on Aaron. All right, we talked LPGA off the top. Brooke Henderson at tie for six, but Jin Young Ko is on absolute fire. Another victory for her. It's a two-shot win over Lee and Shun on the LPGA Tour. When is Jin Young Ko going to stop? Might not be anytime soon. 
All right, what about the Hogue Classic? Retief Goosen on the Champions Tour. A four-shot victory over K.J. Choi. What's K.J. Choi doing on the Champions Tour? When did that happen? I'm getting old. Four-shot win. Stephen Ames getting close. Tied for third. Six off the pace. We talked about it in Winners Weird and What. Ryan Brem on a medical extension needed to win to keep his card. He wins the Puerto Rico Open. Opposite field event, PGA Tour. No invite to the Masters, but now a winner. Now has his card. Well done, Ryan Brem. And Scotty Scheffler. Well, maybe the lid's off, Adam. First PGA Tour win a few weeks ago. He did everything you could possibly do in your PGA Tour career but, but win. He played on a Ryder Cup team. He contended in majors. He looked like a guy that was going to belong every week. He was turning into one of the best players on the planet, but he didn't have a win. Now, he's got two, and they happen pretty quickly. Five under par, one shot win over Tyrrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, Billy Horschel, as now we head to the Players' Championship. Skulls, I will talk to you tomorrow. We are going to shoot our Golf Talk Canada television special. Uh, we're going to do our edge picks for the Players' Championship. Bob and I on location, golf's greatest field, golf's greatest stadium. We'll do our edge picks. We're going to preview the 17th hole. We're going to talk about Tiger Hall of Fame. we got a lot of player stuff to focus on. March 28th, huge 20 weeks of TaylorMade announcement coming that will affect how you win. And in addition to the grand prize, and you are not going to want to miss this addition to the grand prize. And then April 6th, in our Masters preview show, we will announce week one's prize of 20 weeks of TaylorMade. And next Monday, Adam, you, sir, are hosting Golf Talk Canada Radio, not only on TSN 1050, not only on iHeartRadio, not only on the mobile app and across country on our radio network, but also on simulcast TSN 2 television. Are you excited for that, Adam? And we'll have some guests lined up for you as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun to get back uh, back in the studio, back uh, back on TV as well. Always love the energy, like we've talked about before, being back in studio, being radio on TV. We'll we'll recap the the Players Championship, and like you mentioned, we have some interviews. Uh, Bob's doing a few interviews that I don't think I can actually talk about on the air, but we will play them out uh, next week. And uh, on our show, it'll be you and I. Uh, Bob will be uh, flying back from the Players' Championship. As well, on our TV show this week, we spoke about a bunch of Tiger Woods top moments. We have a top 10 Tiger Woods moments playing on Golf Talk Canada Television this week. Can't wait to see that. Thanks, Adam. Always a pleasure. You have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Exciting week for the golf community and the Players' Championship. We're back this Wednesday. 60-minute TV special from the Players' Championship, two hours live radio Monday, also TSN 2 simulcast as we put a bow on the Players' Championship. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision in the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.